bum, 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 bum. Wait, wrong games have started. Welcome to episode number 20 of No Crying in Baseball. My name is Patty, and I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. I was going to jump right in and sing with you, but then I figured our listeners would appreciate it more if I didn't. <laughs> what games have started? What games have started? Oh, I'm so excited. I am so fucking excited. It is spring training, finally. It's here. And Real I games. I sat down yesterday, and I watched baseball. I mean, I God, had what to a relief. watch the Red Sox and eke it out uh, over the Rays yesterday, but then I just kept flipping because I have MLB.com and I just kept going to other games. It was so much fun. All the games all the time. Yeah. A lot's been going on with spring training. <laughs> there's even some trades and there's that training camp for non-listed people. But um, we had a, a difficult opening day in some ways. Bittersweet. Really impressive that Major League Baseball completely, every team, won War, I, it's so hard for me to talk about this. I feel really emotional as somebody who's who works with teenagers and has a teenager that all teams honored the kids who were killed at in um, Florida at Stoneman Douglas High School. And uh, and all but two pl- teams played on Friday and wore the caps. And the, the, the caps were the caps from the high school ba- uh, baseball team. Exactly. They wore Stoneman Douglas baseball team caps. Yeah. And the Royals and the Rangers had theirs on Saturday. And the the beautiful thing that they're doing is then they're going to auction this off and have the proceeds go to a fund for the kids in that school. Um, it started with the Marlins because they're close by. And it just spread because everybody was so moved by the idea. I actually checked the auction today. Only a couple teams have their cats up. And I noticed that my boyfriend, Adam Jones, is up to $515. He might be a little bit out of my out of my league right now. But it's, it's really nice to see them putting that forward. One thing that was cool about it being spring training and so many teams nearby in Florida was right. that the teams were able to go about, go beyond the symbolic just wearing of the caps, but also meet with some of the kids, yeah? Yeah, the, the Marlins cards games, which I think was the closest um, that they had, the kids from the school actually came to that game and they had patches over their hearts on the uniform for the high school as well as wearing the caps. And actually at our beloved Nationals game, Nationals with the Astros, the coach, the baseball coach from the high school went and met with A.J. Hinch of the Astros and saw the World Series trophy and all those things. So it's incredibly moving. And we had talked about this before that boyfriend Anthony Rizzo actually graduated from this high school. and Not too long ago either. Yeah. I, and that's the thing I think about how this is affecting major league players because a lot of these guys remember high school like recently. Not so far away. Not so far away. Either that or the guys on the other end who are starting to have kids see it as a parent. So I think it's it's something that affected all of us in this country. And I think one of the things that I love about baseball and that it is, I feel, you know, our national sport is that it reflects us and that we show what we care about through how we go to baseball games and what we believe in with baseball. So I think that connection is super powerful for for us, for listeners, for the podcast. Beyond the heartwarming and the teary-eyed stuff that just happened for me too, seeing all this made me cry, hooray for the games, hooray for baseball coming back. We had things happen that were actual baseball things too. Yeah, celebrating the opening of spring training is also a complete celebration. So we've been waiting to see Otani's stuff and he showed his stuff. Not perfect. He had some really fast pitches. He had that crazy 69 mile an hour curveball. Curveball, right. Talk about off speed. Yeah, but he gave, gave up a couple runs, including a home run in one of the third innings. So let's see how things settle down. He looks so much like a baby in those pictures. The cool thing about having him finally start is it's all been myth 
you know, right. way back when he was going to get signed by somebody, it was all myth. And now we can see he's actually human. He's got the stuff. He needs to learn how to play with that stuff here. One thing I read about him was in Japan, the pitchers get to warm up towards the end of the previous inning. Like when there's two outs, they can start their warm up. But here in the United States, in, in, in Major League Baseball, you can't until you go out on the field. So he was saying, this is different. I got to get used to this. I'm not warm enough. I'm not ready to pitch yet. It'll be interesting to see where he goes. And we want to keep track on a lot of the guys that we've been talking about already, especially our boyfriends. You got a boyfriend with some problems, it looks like. Scope, are you worried? I, I woke up Orioles? worried. I woke up worried with um, John, Jonathan Scope having a bursitis in his elbow, and I panicked. And then I read a little more and said, oh, he's day-to-day. It'll be okay. And I thought, oh, he's, he's going to be my starting second baseman. Then I thought, no, he's not. Baez is going to be my starting second baseman. And he had some hot plays this week. Did, we, we, we've got to put up that video. Did you see it? I, I did. Defense is sexy. Yeah, it looks like he's playing first, but it's, he's pretty amazing. Um, talking about amazing also, you know, crazy things come out in spring training, and especially because a lot of guys are getting – the opportunity to show their stuff, including prospects who are maybe going to be playing most of the season in the minors. This guy um, on the Padres, Padres, 19-year-old p- prospect, Fernando Tatis Jr., home run in his second at bat. I mean, Welcome he looks to spring like, training. Exactly. 19 years old, got to show his ID. <laughs> I don't know. He's uh, not going to make it into the bars, that's, sure, that's for sure. But he did hit a home run. We finally have news, sort of, about J.D. Martinez, that it's he's going to be signing with the Sox. We've been saying for a long time, is it going to happen? Is it gonna, isn't it going to happen? And basically nothing else is happening for him. It looks like he signed with the Sox for $110 million for five years, but it was pending a physical, which I used to think like takes a day or two. It's still pending. This has been several days, and we're still waiting to hear from the doctors. It's unclear whether it has to do with a couple of his past injuries, or it's actually, it could be wording in the contract related to past health and what's going on with this physical, which I, you know, firmly place that blame on fucking Boris. I mean, I, maybe I'm inferring a little bit here, but this is the end of a very drawn out Scott Boris deal. And I'm guessing that his contract is going to be slightly fucked up just because I, uh, Boris, I think has been hurting us throughout this trading season. And not my favorite guy. I you've you've made that uh, <laughs> quite clear. I gotta say you made that quite clear. I don't know that it's that. I think maybe it's just uh, things are backed up there in physical land. I'm hoping. I want it to work out with Martinez and the and the Red Sox for sure. Yeah, I don't know what else is going to happen. Um, and my favorite team. I'm going to be respectful. The Yankees made a good trade. The Yankees were. The Yankees are your favorite. Uh, so that was a little bit of sarcasm, and I'm really trying so hard to be nice to them. They're, I'm scared of them. Okay, I'll be. I'll be flat That's out fair. honest. I am terrified. The Yankees look fucking good this year, and they just made themselves a little bit better with a sort of low key deal. It was this three way deal with the D backs and the Rays, and it it was something that the Rays and the D backs I think were looking at together, and it just didn't fit, and so the Yankees popped in. And uh, Steven Souza, it's important to mention him right now, is going from the Rays to the D-backs. D-backs to the Yankees is Brandon Drury, and Yankees are scattering around some prospects here and there. And we got we have one more guy outstanding. We got a lot more outstanding, but the guy that we're most concerned about is Arietta. You know, I hear that the Nats would be a good trade for him, which is interesting because we have good pitching. We, we've got a lineup. We, we've got our starting five, but... But there's five's the kind of wiggle room, and, and there's the October experience, right? So maybe yeah. he's bringing in that confidence that yes, you guys can make it past a playoff. 
even though, as we were talking before today, that, that a lot of people say, oh, the, Yan- the Yankees, oh, why am I thinking about them? Nationals, our team, beloved team, that they can't handle it in the, in the playoff season. But both in 16 and 17, the games that they lost in their first playoff round were by mostly a run. All three games in 16 and two out of three in 17, when they lost, they lost by a run. So I think they've been underestimated, can I say, in the postseason. It's heartbreaking. But maybe Arietta will be that little push that the Nats need to be able to pull that out in October. And honestly, you know, the fact that nobody's gone for Arietta makes you think he's been declining a little bit. He is getting older. He might not be that fit for the team that needs an ace. He might be the fit for somebody like the Nationals who need that little bit of boost with already an amazing pitching squad. Yeah, he's not my first pick. I did see him play this year when he came here to D.C., and I was not as impressed as I was hoping I would be. I don't know that it's going to work with the Nats, but we'll leave it out there, and we're going to see what happens, and he'll he'll get a home soon. He's not going to be left hanging for much longer. I'm here to talk to you about science, humidor science, not about cigars, but about baseballs. The Diamondbacks announced last week that they were going to install humidors to keep the baseballs at an even temperature and not have the desert air dry them out because that makes the balls fly just a little too fast and furious. Major League Baseball decided this week that they're going to do a science experiment. They're having every single team in the major leagues have temperature-controlled storage for baseballs. It doesn't have to be a humidor, but they have to be in a closed room and air-conditioned because you've already got desert air or altitude or the shape of the ballparks or you know a close-in left field or a far-out center field that, that control what kind of home runs are hit or how many home runs are being hit in any given park. Many very Many. Last year was the highest number of home runs like ever hit in the major leagues. That needs to be calmed down a little bit. And the only thing that they can really control, because of those things they have no control over, is the way the baseballs are stored. So, so each team is playing with that as a constant. They're going to try that this year and see if it makes a difference. And if it does, then that may be a new regulation for baseball. I just think that's really amusing because baseball is so non-standard in so many ways and there's so much variation, but they want control of something. So this I think, is- Yeah, that's stuff that you can standardize. I think you should. Right. I mean, I don't I don't want to standardize the shape of ballparks. Not going to happen. And you, I yeah. sure don't want domes on, on stadiums if we can help it on, on ballparks to control the, right. the temperature. So this is something I think that's a small thing you can do. And heck, baseball and science together. It's like putting baseball and math together. Whoever would have thought of that? Uh, love it. <laughs> we have a plan for pace of play, people. Speaking, we have a plan. Speaking of baseball math, this is very math oriented. It is. So here's the bottom line now. It's been up and down, back and forth. Teams will get six total visits to the mound per team per nine innings. The downside for that is pitchers and catchers have been using this to talk to each other about when they have a confusion about signs, which happens right. a lot. And frankly, with technology, you've got you've got crotch cam. You've got like the, the TV cameras on the catcher where he's flashing his signals and the home audience is going to know what pitch he's requesting maybe better than the actual pitcher does. That's exactly why we're always looking there, because we're trying to check out the signs and the pitches. That's exactly it. The other downside for not having so many visits to the mound is when the heck are you going to plan what you're going to get Millie and Jimmy for their wedding present and how you're going to unjam Nuke's eyeballs during the games. 
You know, I think we've come up with a solution to that, but we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. Now, between batter visits don't count. So when the when the batter's switching, you can still like run up and back and forth. But these these visits to the mound include the the shortstop coming in to whisper in the pitcher's ear. It could be you know it could be the coach, it could be the catcher, it could be anybody. The commercial breaks are also going to be shorter by twenty seconds, which I am fascinated by because that's that those are dollars that they're losing. And no pitch clock this year. Um, I think that. Major League Baseball is just going to see, do these other changes have enough of an effect to bring down the the average length of the game? If not, then we'll revisit that later. You're going to want to fill your glasses so that you're ready for the drinking game because I sense the A word coming on. Hit it, potty mouth. Who's, a for- <laughs> who's your Astros boyfriend? So there's so many A's here. A for Astros. A for Altuve. A for absolutely adorable. Cheers. He cheers, cheers to Altuve. Our beloved second baseman, since we've been we've been talking about him since our very first episodes of No Crying in Baseball. And by we, we mean potty mouth. With lots of use of the word adorable. 27-year-old from Venezuela. He is a combination of last year's MVP and the shortest guy in baseball. Enough said. But El Jefe would be really happy if I just said, that's it. Shut up right now about Altuve because that's really the key of uh, who he is and why I'm choosing him as my baseball boyfriend for the Astros. Uh, I could say a little more. There's there's actually a lot to say about the little guy. Oh, gosh, little guy, adorable. He's been an Astro since 2011, always been an Astro, and he really worked his whole way up. So recently he's had some of the big awards with the Golden Glove in 15. He was the all-star in both the American League and the National League. But he's been on the same team. Huh. Well, the Astros switched. So (laughs) he was a National League All-Star with the Astros in 2012, American League with 14 through 17. He the the MVP, I just want to say, of this past year was kind of poetic because it was him against Judge. And you knew Judge was getting the rookie anyway, so it was leaning toward Altuve, but it was definitely like that Davy versus Goli- David versus Goliath thing. I, I saw you don't the, know David well enough to call him Davy. Yeah, you know, it was the cartoon version when I was a kid is what it was. But he, he also has been leading Major League Baseball in batting average a lot, including 2014, 16, and 17. And the, the interesting thing about 2017 is going into the last day of the season, the manager was like, you know, you really don't have to play this. Victor Martinez is behind a, a, a safe way, but not quite, you know. His, his batting average was high enough that he probably could maintain the batting title if, Ex- he, if exactly. he played, but if he just, unless, sure. yeah, unless VMart had like a crazy day, but, you know, pretty much he could have been safe to sit it out. And just like good old Ted Williams did when he had the 400 average, he played it and he risked it and he still got the highest average in Major League Baseball. He has um, honed his eye for the zone, and man, he's got a tiny, you know, strike zone. If you think about it, but if you go back and look at some early footage of him taking swings, there's some stuff of him jumping and swinging for a ball, not just reaching out of the zone, but jumping out of the zone. He's gotten a little better about that. And our our friend Sparkly Lance McCullers said that it's actually beyond the point now where you have to say he's so small and he does well. It's like you got to stop talking about the small part and he's just a good baseball player. Poetically, he got the last play, the last out of the World Series last year. And that's a really nice play to watch where he fielded it and, and threw it to first. And he was such a symbol this past year of all that's been going on in Venezuela that we've talked a lot about 
and how important baseball is for the country. And to have him to look to as MVP, World Series champion, is pretty intense. He's buddies with my other boyfriend, Salvador Perez, from uh, the Royals. He studied growing up your idol, Omar Vizquel. And he has a really special bromance with Carlos Correa. And Carlos said that, and it's like they're brothers. And Carlos said, you know, that's why I love you, because we can fight like crazy one minute, and then five minutes later, we're best friends again. He married his high school sweetheart, Nina, who he's been with since I think he was like 15 years old. And they had a daughter who just turned one this past October. And he said, which I think was a beautiful quote for a dad, that she just fits perfectly into his life, that it makes it sort of all complete. So Altuve is definitely a guy to look at. And there's one more video clip that we'll put of his appearance on Saturday Night Live that is not to be missed. George Chelston Springer III of Connecticut. Doesn't sound like a guy I would pick for my boyfriend or even someone who actually plays baseball. It sounds like he's headed for prep school. Or just came from prep school. Yeah. As it turns out, George Springer is George Springer, the World Series MVP for the Houston Astros. Homeward in each of the last four games of the World Series. Five home runs in the World Series total. Holy shit. Has the World Series record for consecutive games with a home run. He was a 2017 All-Star and Silver Slugger. He's been the leadoff hitter for the Astros and has hit nine home runs leading off the first inning. In, in, in the past season, in 2017, which was also, it's, it was the highest in, in all of Major League Baseball for, that for leadoff home runs. crazy. So that's starting the game with a home run nine times last year. Nine times. That's insane. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's why you got to pick him as a boyfriend. And the Astros certainly know his worth because they he just went through arbitration and he's got two more years with them for $24 million, which I think is pretty reasonable for your World Series MVP. So you look at George Springer and you wonder what's this whole Connecticut thing going because he doesn't seem like a Connecticut guy. His grandfather emigrated from Panama as a teenager and then pitched here in the United States in college, baseball player. His mom emigrated from Puerto Rico. His dad played in the Little League World Series in 1976. His mom was a competitive gymnast and so was he until age 12. Both sisters play college softball. And his wife played softball for the University of Albany and the Puerto Rican national team. When he started playing baseball in high school, he made varsity as a freshman. He was five feet, two inches tall as a varsity baseball player. Not even Altuve height. Not even Altuve height. Now he's six foot, three inches tall. Also not Altuve height. Uh, Almost judge height. (laughs) He was drafted by the Twins, but went to UConn instead. And that's actually where both of his parents went. He was then um, drafted by the Astros out of school in the first round in the 2011 draft. More about that, that same draft year in a few minutes. When um, you, you referenced the Astros playing at Fenway and how Altuve lights up Fenway. Oh, yeah, he does. Well, George Springer's first grade teacher lit up Fenway because she went to see him when the Astros were in town. She brought cookies she wore a Springer jersey. She brought a great big sign that your first grade teacher is proud of you and gave him cookies that before is the game. so cool. We love the teachers. We so love the teachers. We do love teachers. So George Springer's charity work really surprised me. I had no idea this, this was a thing. He is the spokesperson for an organization called SAY, S-A-Y, the Stuttering Association for the Young. It turns out that George Springer had a horrible stutter when he was a child. And his parents, you know, 
would say things like they, they were worried that he wasn't even telling them things they needed to know because he was afraid to speak out loud. He had no confidence. It was very hard, but he worked very hard and learned tools for managing this, built his confidence up. When he was signed to the Astros, you know, during the draft, you have to speak. When you're given the jersey and everything, you have to say thank you to everybody. And so that was a big deal for him to be put in front of a microphone. He has really accomplished quite a lot in overcoming this this stutter. And now he is working with this organization um, to help sponsor their summer camps to bring younger kids together who are experiencing the same kind of thing to build their confidence and help give them tools so they feel good about speaking out loud, sharing their mind, expressing their opinions. I think that's really cool. We're going to add a link to a, a video where, when he was on SportsCenter talking about this that really um, sums up kind oh, of fabulous. how he grew up this way and what he's doing now. It's all very, very cool. On to the National League and our Nationals. Yay! So there's our common ground. We both adore the Nationals. And so I kind of looked in your family for this one. First of all, I really needed another shortstop. I needed another good shortstop. I'd found some shortstops with interesting stories, but I needed someone who's going to actually beef up the numbers for my fantasy baseball boyfriend league when we get it together. And Trey Turner, in your apparent Christmas family photo between you and your daughter and him when you guys saw him at, what was it for? We we met him at a meet and greet at at Nats Park, and we posed together for a photo and looked at it later and said, he looks like he could be my daughter's older brother. Yeah, he really does. He really does. So I just have to- I would take that in a second. Borrow him for a moment and uh, take him on as my boyfriend for the Nationals because he holds so much potential. This is going to be an amazing year to look at Turner because he actually hasn't played a full season in the majors yet. And he has amazing numbers. So what he's going to do this year, as long as he can stay healthy, knock on something right now, it, it could be a really amazing year to look at him. He came up at the end of 2015 in August. And since then, he's held a good batting average. He's held a 304 average overall. He hasn't played a full season yet. So in 2016, he only played 73 games. 2017, he had uh, 95 games. And it's because of injuries. This past year, he missed a total of 12 weeks. He was out in April for a hamstring injury, and he got hit in the wrist, which broke it. Yeah, that, that was a pitch that hit him in the wrist while he was at bat. Yeah, so he was out for two months because of that. Despite that, he got the third most steals in Major League Baseball for the season with 46, despite missing 12 weeks of the season. Can you imagine if he plays a whole season? He's talking about how he's re- reviving the art form of the steal. And I didn't realize this, that the, the number of attempted steals has been plummeting because of sabermetrics, because of math. So we talk about all the good things Curse about you, math, math, damn it, in, in baseball. But this is actually a really sad effect of math is that it, proportion wise or, or what do you talk the risk wise stealing is usually not much worth the risk but when it works it's a good thing and Trey Turner is so good that he actually last year had carte blanche from the team basically you see it you don't have to be called on you see it you steal it because he's that passionate about it an interesting thing about stealing though and that coming back is it also messes with the pitcher it it's not just about advancing bases but the pitcher loses concentration and they, they may be screwing up with the batter that they're, they've got in play because they've got this guy in first who, when Trey Turner gets a walk, it's almost as good as a double because you know he's going to steal second. Right. And and actually, well, I'll talk about this, too. It's the pitcher-catcher relationship, too, because the catcher's really responsible for catching the steal. 
And if they don't do it, are they going to blame somebody else? And that, that kind of happens. He's from Florida originally. And he went to North Carolina State. And it's interesting that he, he had a couple of scholarship opportunities for baseball, but he wanted to study chemical engineering. And he was serious enough about his studies that that was a factor in where he chose. And that's why he went to North Carolina instead of actually a Florida school that would have been closer to home. He did so amazing at school, though, that he did get scouted out, out of school, so didn't finish. Three seasons with 88% success rate at stealing. So that's got to be... That's unheard of. Unheard of. And and he got scouted in, in 2014 by the Padres, made it over to the Nationals in another three-way trade, which harkens back to the three-way trade from this week, because that's what brought Sousa to the Rays and brought a Rookie of the Year to San Francisco and brought our beloved Turner to the Nationals. Um, his fiance is a gymnast and also a business analyst, and they are set to get married this November. And so you alluded to that scene in Bull Durham before we where, can do a mound visit where there's a mound visit and you talk about what to get for the engagement present. But it, if we're not going to be able to have a mound visit, at least we have the internet. The internet is our friend. The internet is our friend. And so in our research, we found out that Trey Turner's engagement list or what do you call it the the registry. Registry. Wedding, wedding registry registry was online so we just bought him a gift so we've sent that so look for it trey hope you like it cheers he's so fast that he goes from home to second base his record is 7.6 seconds which is in the in the mlb average is 9.34 so by almost two seconds that's crazy and he has tied the Nats single game record i think he did it twice with four steals in a game yeah, he we did saw one of those. One of those was that Arietta game that I went to. One of those was that Arietta game against the Cubs. And here's where the catcher bit comes in because Arietta let up four steals. Montero, the catcher, throws Arietta under the bus, basically saying it's his fault that he was so slow. Who's the one who gets dismissed from the team? Montero. The catcher. When when we did that visit with uh, with Trey Turner, the meet and greet, there were two things that he said that I just absolutely loved. One is we that that meet and greet was right after he hit for the cycle with the Rockies, which was amazing. And someone from the audience asked him about that, and he said, "Oh, I just got lucky. You hit for the cycle. Crazy. There is skill there." And the other thing was talking about how fast he is and how he's always stealing. A, a little kid, like a little leaguer, asked him about that. He said, "Well, I grew up just being told just run till they make you stop." That's a great motto. That's a great motto. And his favorite player is, or there's a little bromance between him and Anthony Rendon. And there are the T-shirts made up that each of them wears saying, my favorite player is, with a picture of the other. So Anthony Rendon. Anybody else love Anthony Rendon? I love Anthony Rendon so much that 10 years from now, instead of saying, I love Omar, in almost every episode, I'm going to be saying things like, I love Anthony. Of course, he could still be playing then. Anthony Rendon, third base, 27 years old, my guy on the Nationals. He's been my guy on the Nationals for a couple of years now. He plays on the left side. The left side defense is sexy. He's hot corner. I love hot corner. My kid plays hot corner. My husband played hot corner. Hot corner is the place, and Anthony Rendon is my guy in the hot corner. Sexy and hot. Sexy and hot. And apparently good wrists. I never knew that was a thing to look for, but you'll hear more about that. 2017 was a career year. He also had a career year in 2010. More about that in a second. But this past year, his his batting average jumped 30 points 
to 301. That's incredible. He had 25 home runs, 100 RBI. He got the award for best performance of the year. That's not actually an Oscar or a Golden Globe. That's a baseball thing because way back in April, April 30th, against the Mets, he went six for six, 10 RBIs, three home runs in one game. He was the third player in history to get six hits and 10 RBIs in the same game. He's been completely under the radar for a lot of people outside of Washington because he's not a showy guy. He's not out in public. He's not using social media to promote what he's up to. He's not getting in trouble. He's, there's no scandal. Everything is very low key because that's kind of how he was brought up and he likes that. But it's hurting him a little bit in awards. He has MVP quality numbers but he doesn't get noticed. He's got all-star quality numbers, but he doesn't get picked. So the the t-shirts, the Anthony Mendon is my favorite t-shirts, other team members had them made as well. So the guys from the Nationals who were picked to go to the all-star game this year all had them made and all wore them in all of their media events because there was still that fan vote to fill the last spot from you know for the for the teams. I was totally pulling for him. I had like links to that vote out there. Please vote for Rendon. Please vote for Rendon. And unfortunately, he didn't get in. Maybe this is going to be the year that he gets in. He did get the Heart and Hustle Award. These are the things that check off my list for boyfriends. I want the guys who love the game. They have the mad skills and they love the game. The Heart and Hustle Award is the guy that really shows the spirit and passion for playing baseball. And that's that's my guy. He was drafted by the Braves. Boo, hiss, but went to Rice instead. <laughs> Yay. Good choice. Yay, Good choice. education. Stay, stay away from the Braves and go to a fabulous school and close to home. His college coaches all said he has his perf- He had a natural swing. The net- no one wanted to mess with his swing. He made it look easy. And that he had strong wrists. Again, this is a thing that I didn't know was a thing. His college coach compared his wrists to Hank Aaron's. How do you, how do you, I don't know how you do this. As a freshman at Rice, he was Baseball America's Freshman of the Year. That was in 2009. But in 2010, in 2010, he had his career college year. He was Baseball America's Player of the Year as a sophomore. He won all the college awards for, you know, the player of the year in all these different categories, including being on the Conference USA Academic Honor Roll. So he and Trey have that in common as well. And the Dick Hauser Trophy for College Player of the Year. On top of all this, as a sophomore in college, the mayor of Houston named June 29th, 2010, Anthony Rendon Day. Did they continue? Did they celebrate that every year? It might have been a one-time thing. It might have been a one-time thing, but he was a he was a sophomore in college, so he was drafted by the Nats in the first round of 2011. That was the same year that George Springer was drafted to the Astros in the same round. Good year. Good year. And as far as being like under you know under the radar, he says, as long as I have the respect of my peers, the people I play against, and my teammates, that's all I need. He does some terrific charity work with um uh. With Hurricane Harvey in his hometown, he and and Matt Albers, who was with the Nats at the time, hey 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 hey, started a fundraiser for the Houston Food Bank with a with a goal of fifty thousand dollars, and they raised one hundred thirty five thousand dollars for the Houston <laughs> nice Food Bank. Nice turnout. Locally, here in your nation's capital, is on the board of the Nationals Baseball Youth Academy, which does which works with with um, underserved kids with in baseball, academics, character building stuff, and even free eye exams. Very cool. He just got married to his longtime girlfriend, Amanda, this past November. And we thought, well, it's after the wedding, but if we're going to get his buddy Trey a wedding gift, maybe we should still see if, if, uh, if Amanda and Anthony still need something from their registry. They did. So they, too, can expect a little gift from your friends at No Crying in Baseball. And I just want to add that both gifts were drinking-related. 
cheers to that. And lastly, Anthony Rendon of the Flowing Locks also got a haircut in time for this season. Ouch. Next week will be our final week in Boyfriends. We are definitely at the top shelf level of our Boyfriends. We'll be talking about the Indians, yay, and the Dodgers. So you should all be working on your own fantasy baseball boyfriend teams. And the week after that, we're going to do pitching as we're gonna well. We're going to talk about pitchers as well. In the meantime, we have a countdown, a new, our, our new countdown. A new countdown to opening day, which is exciting. We're in the month range. It's, it's 31 days, which is pretty damn close to a month. 23 hours, 7 minutes, and counting down the seconds until we move that from spring training into big-time baseball. I can't wait. And you probably can't wait either. So you should subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss a single one. And make sure you listen to us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Say good night, Potty Mouth. Good night, Potty Mouth. USA, USA.